Hey, this is Alex Terranova, and this is the Dream Mason Podcast. We've been taught to behave, to fit in, to follow the rules, but Dream Masons reject conventional thought. Dream Masons are rebels. They take a chisel to the marble that is typical traditional life. They carve out brilliance and broadcast it to the world. Join me for another chapter as we unmask convention, embrace the rebels within us, and more deeply come to explore the complex and agitated edges of our existence. Now, before we get started, please don't be a rebel yet and grab your phone and hit that little button that says subscribe. Thank you. Because your dreams don't build themselves. What's up and welcome back to the Dream Mason podcast. I am your host, Alex Terranova. There is a whole lot of shit happening in the world. By the time this episode airs, there might have been an election already. Um, I really want to talk to get started today about how we're letting all the secondary things impact our our lives from um, elections to uh, just politics in general, from the environment, from taxes, from, I mean, we could say anything, from the holidays that are coming up. And I, I'm, not, I'm not downplaying that any of these things are not important. They're all very important. But what I notice in my practice, what I notice out in the world, what I notice on social media is people aren't focused on their goals. They're focused on like all the problems, all the circumstances, all the, all the kind of uh, assaults from the sides that are coming in. And we're losing, and this is an individual thing or maybe a group or community or company conversation, but we often lose the direction on where we're headed. And we start like turning to the side and fending off this problem and fending off that problem and forget what our mission was. So if you're somebody whose mission is politics or or government, well, then that's keep going in that direction. And if you're somebody whose mission is to help people, uh, you know, to change the the hunger conversation, like help feed hungry people, well, part of it is that, but you also need to stay focused on task. And if your mission is you want to be an author or an artist, you got to stay focused on task. It doesn't mean that we can't also look at these things. But what I notice is it seems like we're getting, so many people are getting so distracted that all of a sudden it pulls us and we end up like a whirling dervish, uh, kind of like fighting enemies on all fronts and then we don't actually get anywhere. And what I'm actually really noticing is we're all fighting each other. And so I'm really excited to talk to our guest today to look at how his company and the company he runs does this, um, what he's learned from the person who he works with and for, and also his journey to get to the position he's in. Um, I feel really fortunate today to have him here. I know what him and his company are up to are really busy. You know, he didn't need to take time out for this. But let me introduce you to him and we can talk about and uh, what is going on with him and his company and, and whatnot. So he is the president for Grant Cardone Enterprises. He's also a technology and real estate investor. He is the co-host of the Young Hustlers podcast. podcast. Um, he's also in a, uh, a fintech app called Hundy. And he went in four years time from being in debt to a multi-millionaire. 
I want, I want some of that. I'm not in, I'm not in debt, but I want some of that. And uh, he oversees sales strategy and growth for Grant Cardone, Grant Cardone's company that does over a hundred million dollars. If you're familiar with Grant Cardone, you know what he's all about, what he's up to. Uh, I love what Grant Cardone puts online, like the mindset. It's always about growth. It's always about, uh, expanding whatever it is you're up to, whether it be mindset or health or finances. Uh, he, I think he's a great example of somebody who is not letting all the circumstances of life slow him down or stop him. He just keeps going forward. So if you're going to run his company, you probably got to have that similar mindset or you better learn to have that similar mindset because you probably are going to get eaten alive if you don't. Welcome to the Dream Mason podcast, the president of Grant Cardona Enterprises. Welcome to the Dream Mason podcast, Jared Glant. Thanks, it's great man. to be here. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Thanks for being here, man. Uh, tell me like just, you know, a little bit. You you told me you were in Florida to get started. What What is the biggest obstacle you and the company are, are battling, dealing with right now um, with all that's going on in the world? Well, you know, I mean, uh, I think that like what you were saying earlier, like there's a lot of distractions right now. And you know, people are very susceptible to distractions. And so whether it's uh, another training and consulting company, whether it's uh, a debate on TV, whether it's uh, looting or riots, like there's just massive amounts of competition right now. And to your point, there's so much noise that you really – you really have to do so much more now to get the results that you were before the pandemic. And a lot of people, uh, they actually pull, pull back when things like this happen, when there be, when there, when there's a lot of things happening, they get overwhelmed, uh, and, and they either pull back, they retreat, uh, Hey, I'm just going to chill and let things kind of calm down, cool off. And then, you know, 2021, that'll be the, that'll be a good year. Um, and then there's other people who actually just continue doing the same thing that they were doing before. And they think that they're going to get the same results that they were getting before. And, you know, the only real solution ever is expansion. You know, it's leaning into things, being willing to, in this particular case, do more, uh, to get the same as you were before. That's a, that's a pretty, uh, tough thing to sell people, right? Like, Imagine if somebody came in and said, hey, you know, you're going to have to work uh, 50% more hours, but we're not going to pay you any more money. I mean, that's essentially what the top business owners are doing right now and have been doing since February to combat this. Now, you know, you, you lean in, you do the extra work, um, you, 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 you try to remain as productive as you can with your work ethic but then you stack on a couple pivots and maybe your product or your service or your offering. And then you can end up in a position like we are where this year will be our best year yet. So, you know, like the, 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 the hand you were dealt, it's, it's still your hand to play. And, and so, you know, right now people, people need to focus on the main thing <laughs> and, and, and put the blinders up to, to what, what they're seeing right now. It's important and all that stuff, but you know, at the end of the day, uh, politician ain't going to pay your rent. Um, you know, you, like all these things that you're seeing that people are worried about at the end of the day, those things, 
They're, they're not going to pay their bills. They're not going to take care of their kids. They're not going to put food on the plate. They're not going to do any of that, those things. And so you can either choose to focus on things that you can't control or choose to focus on the things that you can't. And uh, a lot more people need to make a different decision right now than, than they're making. I love that, that what you just said of like, you get to play the hand you're dealt and yeah, you might be able to help people moving forward, get help, get dealt different hands, but like in your life and where you are or your company, Hey, this is, these are the cards you're holding. You can't wish that you didn't have them. You can't, you know, turn them all in. That's just not how it works. It's like, Hey, what am I going to do with these cards? So if I got Mm -hmm. a shitty hand, what do I do with my shitty hand? If I got a great hand, what do I do with my great hand? Yeah. Um, I love that you also spoke about pivoting. Um, it's something that I've talked a ton about in the, in the spheres that I'm in. It's like, hey, we can complain about what's not working and there's a ton that's not working. Or we can decide to pivot and get back into making something work for us and, and our goal and where we're headed. Are there ways that, that you guys as a company like, how do you do that? Like, how did, do you guys sit down and have like, hey, what are ways we can pivot? What are things we can do? What's that like process like to figure out how to pivot? Yeah, I mean, you know, there, there's a couple uh, answers to that question. So, you know, initially in the, you know, Grant, Grant's a pretty uh, connected person financially. He owns a few billion dollars in real estate. And so he's talking with some of the biggest banks in the world. And, you know, when, when things started happening in February, to kind of start moving towards lockdowns. Um, you know, he had to, he pulled us all together. We all had a meeting. Uh, we, we looked at it underperforming areas of the company and we basically whack. I mean, we, we cracked an entire department. Like we just shut an entire department down um, because we knew that it wasn't going to make it. It like we were, we were, it was a new division for us. We had just started really kind of lean, leaning into it and, and figuring out uh, the workflows, the sales strategy, the people. And, and then everybody started putting uh, holds or canceling their contracts. And so we just, you know, we had to lay off 40 people. Um, so, so I think initially it's like, you know, what are the hard decisions that you know you need to make that required us all to work more? Like I was mentioning earlier, you know, we had to commit to to doing more. We knew that we were going to have to make more phone calls to sell the same amount or less than we were before. And so rallying everybody around those ideas. So kind of the first stage is like triage. All right. Like let's stop the bleeding. And then uh, once we got things stabilized, then we move into, okay, what's the new expansion plan. And, and I think that that really is anytime anything, uh, anything uh, unexpected has happened in business for us. It's always, okay, what's the immediate solution to quote unquote, stop the bleeding. And then based on a a, a sane evaluation, because when you're bleeding, people, they go insane. They, you know, they lose sanity, they get crazy and they start doing crazy things. So stop the bleeding, like let everything settle, let people get their, their head, their wits about them and then figure out what you're going to do next. And so for us, it was, offering amended contract terms. We had cash flow strategies that we put in place to get people to, to pay contracts in full rather than uh, month, you know, month, month by month. So, you know, like we moved right into uh, 
a new accountability structure and strategy for the sales department so that managers were now touching every deal. Junior salespeople were no longer pitching deals. Team leaders who were usually coaching and listening in on calls were now the only ones that were allowed to pitch deals. Hourly updates on stats. So like the, the, the management of the organization uh, got extremely tight and communication went through the roof because we needed to be more in tune with what was happening on a day-to-day basis. And then as you kind of get the sort of those, those triage elements in place, then you figure out, okay, where is the opportunity right now? And, and, and for us, you know, fortunately, because we weren't reliant on one product or service, we, uh, uh, we were able to lean into uh, the real estate uh, side of our business and, and built a couple of real estate training programs out uh, that did six or seven million dollars in sales and and created a like an emergency business mastermind and you know did another seven or eight hundred grand in sales to that and then when they got there we showed them some other consulting programs that we had and then so like we just start working with what we have and and um, you know again I think a lot of people get like deer in the headlights and they don't know what to do and they panic and what's more important than making uh, the wrong decision is making a decision. Like, you know, you have to decide to do something and move in some direction instead of being paralyzed and getting stuck. And, um, you know, so for us, it was, uh, it was a good move. And, you know, I think people could argue that we did or didn't make the right decisions in certain areas, but we're in a position now where we can look back and go, we're having a great year. Um, I want to know what it's like to, what's the, what's the most like, uh, challenging thing about working with somebody that plays at like a level that Grant plays at? Like, cause my, my assumption is right. He's, that's the tone he sets for his companies, his everything in his life. Yeah. You know, um, uh, Grant's extremely unreasonable. Nice. So, so he, he can be an extremely difficult person to, to work with. Um, but he also is the type of person that you work with and, you know, you look back and, and while there is friction in the environment and there is threat in the environment and it's, 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 um, he's a very, uh, convicted, passionate person as well. And the things that he believes in. So it just creates, uh, an environment where everybody is on alert um, not in a bad way, but everybody's on their game. They're forced to be on their game because there is a little bit of threat in the environment, you know, like we're a performance-based organization. You know, if you don't perform, you get, you get smoked. Like that's just the way that it is. And, you know, when you're working with somebody that's unreasonable for me in my position, like he tells me what he wants and I'm the guy that goes and gets it done. And so at least on the, the strategy and the business development side, and then my counterpart, Sherry, uh, runs operations. So, um, you know, between the two of us, he tells us what he wants. And then we're the lieutenants that go out and make it so. And um, when you're dealing with somebody that's unreasonable, uh, you know, operating without reason or logic uh, or any of the constraints that exist in the physical universe, um, it can be a challenge. But, but the, the flip side of that challenge is that there's brilliance in the fact that he doesn't get stuck in mechanics or details or minutia and it allows him to be a big free thinker and and that's you know the marriage of the two i think is is really 
a, a magical thing and why we've been able to do what we've been able to do here. I love that you brought in that you use that word unreasonable and you used it a couple of times. I, I, I think it would serve a lot of us, any entrepreneur specifically. If you're an entrepreneur, you need to be unreasonable because your goals are actually unreasonable. And when you talk about like making billions of dollars or owning billions of dollars in real estate and continuing to grow during a year, like it's actually unreasonable. Mm -hmm. And that's what creates the possibility. How, what about for you? Like, what have you learned specifically that you've been able to bring into your life and your, you know, your, your, your personal investments, your business, um, your relationships that you've been able to take from working with, with Grant and now like kind of bring it over and change your mindset? Like what's actually changed about your mindset? Uh, Grant, uh, Grant is a much, I'm a, I'm a, a, a logical person. So like, when I set a goal or a target or I'm working on a project, like I plan to like, this is, this is a realistic expectation. Uh, I know that if I jam and I crush and I do all these things, this is where I can get. And, and so being around somebody like Grant helps you think bigger. Um, and, and I don't know if that's just because of where he's at and what he's accomplished. I'm sure that has a, a lot to do with it. Um, you know, when he was 36 years old, he wasn't thinking of writing a $50 million check, check for a Gulfstream. Um, you know, and so that happened as you, as you develop and grow. So, you know, we all have a uh, potential and we all have a skill set. And hopefully if you continue to develop your skill set and develop yourself, then you are in a position where your potential continues to grow. And as long as your skills and your experiences continue to develop and grow, so does your potential. And it ends up being this thing that, you know, people like, man, I, I want to get to my potential. The truth is, if you're doing all the right things to grow your potential, you'll never reach it uh, because you continue to be capable of doing more and more. And for some people, uh, that can be uh, defeating because they have to come to terms with the fact that if they want to continue to grow and do bigger things, that they have to continue to work and they have to continue to press. Uh, and then for other people, it's extremely motivated and, and exciting because they can figure out how much, how much can I really do? And I think that's the, the, the wavelength that Grant's on is he's, he's at a level right now where, I mean, the guy was in rehab, his whole family, you know, basically disowned him. Nobody thought he was going to ever be anything. And, you know, the guys, he'll be a billionaire in the next two years. So it's like, you know, it can happen. And, and I think that you just have to, to trust the things that you're doing today. They're the right actions, taking the right actions today, continuing to focus on yourself, develop yourself, listening to podcasts like yours and, and going to workshops and training programs and doing all that and, and just doing the right thing today. Because ultimately you, we know, nobody knows what our true potential is. And it's just something way bigger than we're doing right now. And, and hopefully we're lucky enough to, 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 to experience some of the higher levels of that, you know? I, I want to ask you about, because you're, you're swimming in a, a tank with a really big fish. Now he's on your team, but you're also playing in that tank, like the people you do business with and the people you're overseeing and that you guys work with are a lot of other big fish also. Mm -hmm. And I know this comes up. I mean, we can look at numbers on this. I don't know them by heart, but I know it comes up in, you know, I work with some very successful people in my practice 
and it's a common thing and we know it's a common thing um like people feeling like they're a fraud like they're gonna get found out um and i don't remember it's like I'm going to misquote this, but it's like 70 or 80% of CEOs think they're frauds and they're waiting to get found yeah. out. I'm curious, do you ever feel like that? Like as I'm asking, you know, and it doesn't, obviously it doesn't mean that it's real. It's, yeah, it's no, a I, no I, I understand exactly what a hundred percent of what you're saying, you know? Um, you know, I think that, that, that um, the people who think like that, see Grant and I are very different. Like, Grant has a very real connection. Some might even say inflated um, level of confidence in his own abilities. Um, and and I'm, I probably err the other direction um, constantly, like from a perspective of, I wouldn't say humility, but I, I sell myself short. And so I think that when you say something like that, like, Hey, are you going to be found out? Yeah, shit, man. Maybe I feel like maybe I'm going to be found out, you know, like, you know, but then when you really start thinking about it, I'm logical enough logic to, um, <laughs> to think through like, okay, well, like what have I done? Yeah. Cause ultimately what you're talking about is you're talking about confidence and you know, like how confident are you in your ability and your pit post and your role and what you're doing? Like, how confident are you that, that you're the right person to be doing it? And I know that when I feel that lack of confidence or that lack of certainty, like with anything, dude, all you have to do is just look at where you came from and how you got there and what you did along the way. And, you know, like it all started for me deciding that I was going to move from San Diego to LA where I didn't know anybody to go for work for a guy that at the time, nobody knew, nobody knew who Grant Cardone was. He wasn't Grant Cardone when I went to work for him 10 years ago, he didn't even have an Instagram or a Snapchat or any of this stuff. So, you know, like I look back and I go, Oh man, you know, am I, am I worthy of this? Am I capable of being this person? Like you look back, you go, dude, I made the fucking decision 10 years ago when nobody knew who this guy was. And then I made the decision again to move with him uh, when I was a year and a half into the thing. And then I made the decision again to continue to give this guy millions of dollars to invest in his real estate so I can learn and grow and develop and figure all this stuff out. And, you know, and then I go through all the little things that we've come across and then putting together a 35,000 person uh, event, the largest business event of its kind, like ever in the U S uh, and then going, you know, last year's growth con getting, uh, Kevin Hart and uh, uh, John Travolta and Dana White and Scooter Braun and Snoop Dogg and uh, Rick Ross and like I'm putting all these deals together so like when you really get into it dude like look at what you've accomplished look at what you've done like have a, have a real look at that you know confidence and conviction is an easy thing to do to build but it doesn't happen instantly for a lot of people I tell, and this is one of the things we teach people that go through our programs, our workshops about their product or their service. Like there is actually a process to follow, to build confidence and conviction in your offer. There's actually, there's exercises you can do to understand the value that you provide the marketplace and much the, much that there's a way to do that for your product, your service. There's ways you can do that for yourself. I love that because people are often asking, they'll be like, how do I get confidence? And I'm like, do something a lot of times 
you'll get good at it and then you'll be confident. You can't, you know, reading a book doesn't give you confidence. If you're like LeBron James, thinking about winning doesn't give you confidence. Going yeah. out and playing the game and winning and getting better is what gives you confidence. Mm -hmm. um, what are you most proud of? I mean, I could tell there was excitement in like when you just shared about the growth con. Growth, are growth con and 10X the same thing? They are, right? 10X growth conference. So 10X right. was the book. The 10X rule was the book. Okay. So then that kind of, you know, from that was born the whole concept of 10X. And then the 10X yeah. growth conference was uh, the event that we put together that's sort of our big annual event where we bring everybody together and everybody gets wild. Yeah. Is, I, I, I thought of like, what's the thing you're most proud of? Because even as you were talking about that, you could hear, you could see like the excitement and pride in your voice of having, helping create that and brought that together. But for you, what, what are you most proud of in your life like to this point? Uh, I mean, I think, I mean, I'm most proud of the, the, the family that I have, man. You know, like I've got a beautiful wife and I've got two boys and uh, I've, 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 I've busted my ass for the last 10 years, uh, helping to build and grow this company. And I've made a good amount of money along the way. And I've been smart with that and I've invested in real estate. And so now I've got, you know, if, if something happened and I, you know, broke both my legs and, you know, or my tongue got ripped out and I couldn't talk anymore and I couldn't work for Grant, <laughs> like, I know that like we're set for life. So, um, you know, I think now, now, now that that's the most, the thing I'm, one of the things I'm most grateful for is I put myself in a position to provide freedom for my, for my family. But I think the thing that's most exciting to me looking forward is positioning myself to do that for generations. And, and for me, that is more important than the, the goal and the destination is more important than the method in the way that I get there. And so I think for people who set goals, a lot of times, um, they're not clear on what they really truly want. And because they're not clear on what they truly want, they put up too much focus on how they're going to get this thing that they really don't have a lot of clarity on. It's like, you know, the, the, the question that every, you know, 18 year old or 19 year old kid gets asked, like, Hey, what do you want to do when, you know, for the rest of your life, what do you want to do when you grow up? And I think it's a disservice because, you know, what, what's most important is that people, in my mind, I could be wrong. Other people say, enjoy the journey. But for me, it's like, dude, uh, what do you want your life to look like when you're 40 or when you're 50 or when you're 60? And so for me, when I think, man, if I'm 60 years old, this is exactly what I want my life to look like. I want to do this. I want to have this. I want to be able to do that. I want to be able to go here, there, like I, and that all requires money. So reverse engineer back into everything. How much money do I need in order to uh, have passive income that'll fund that? And then what do I need to make in order to generate the income that will allow me to do that? And then, then you find, you look for opportunities that have the, op, that they have the ability to put you in a position where you can actually hit the target or the goal that you're looking to accomplish. You said you started all of that with your family, which is pretty awesome because I think we're so, you know, all the things that you shared afterwards and all the things you've done, it still came back to the thing I'm most proud of is my family, my yeah. wife, my kids. Um, and I, I often, you know, when I ask people, I'm like, what do you really want? They usually don't go there first. That, that's, that is what I think most people want, right? Love, connection. Mm -hmm. Like if you die with billions of dollars on a bed by yourself with no one around you, 
I don't, I can't assume you're going to be like that happy on your deathbed about like, that's how it went. Um, so I love that you started there because often, you know, people will tell me like, Oh, I want to, I want to make this much money. And it's like, well, what for? And what yeah. I really hear you talking about is I'm really clear on the what for. It's not about having a billion dollars. It's about being able to do things with my family, take care of my family, provide opportunities for my family. The money, hap the money happens is a byproduct that makes it possible, but the family is actually the thing that's the most. Yeah. Important. I mean, you, you, you can't get around that. See, like, people view the pursuit of money as the pursuit of material things. And for me, it's uh, money provides freedom of choices to do whatever I want to do. And, you know, if that means I want to go buy a big watch or a fast car, then I can do that if I want to. Um, but I've, you know, I've learned a, a, a hard money lesson in my life. Once I had, a, I had a, a painful period that I went through and I was like, dude, what, you can chase all those things. They're fleeting. Like I just, I went out and bought a, a 911 Turbo S Porsche and, you know, I drove it for six months and I'm like, dude, this, I'm over it. Like, it's just, it was, I'd been there, done that. Okay. Now, uh, now I've, I can say I had a, a fast car, you know, um, for me, it's like, <laughs> what are the experiences that you can wrap around your life that, that, uh, that can last you a lifetime? You know, I look at a picture of my kid and he's, you know, he just turned three years old. And, and I look at like this life and this brightness and I'm like, dude, how do I, how do I make enough money in the next three or four or five years to be able to spend from the time he's five or eight, I've got two kids, one's uh, three months, one's three. How can I carve out like 10 years of my life to just spend time with them when they actually want to be around and, and hang out with me and you get to see them grow up through these stages of their lives. Like, man, I want to figure out how to make $10 million in the next two years. Like, how do I, how do I accelerate things? And then that's when I start getting really excited about the thing that I do because I've attached a purpose greater than showing up to an office every day to the work that I'm doing. And that's when work becomes meaningful is when you can connect it to the goal or the outcome that you're looking for. And, um, and if you're lucky as I am, I'm fortunate, I'm blessed. Uh, I have a job that I absolutely love because we get to help people and we get to help people make money, which is an incredibly important thing. And money solves a lot of problems for people. And um, when you have something you can get a paycheck from, there's intrinsic benefit from it. Uh, you're creating impact in, in, in the community. Like that's when you kind of hit the, 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 the trifecta, but it doesn't happen for everybody. And so as long as you can connect purpose to the work that you're doing every day, in the, in the form of understanding how what I'm doing when I show up to the office at Monday morning, even if I don't like my job, how is it getting me closer to the thing that I ultimately want, making that the focus? And, and that makes the, the grind a little bit easier to swallow. <laughs> when you think about mistakes you've made, you know, whether they be in your personal life or in your business life, I know, again, this is a thing that comes up a lot for in the, the circles I run and people are so afraid to make a mistake, make the wrong decision, invest in the wrong thing, you know, choose to stay or leave in a relationship, whatever it is. 
when you look back at the at decision things that you can look back at and go, you know, I messed up, I made a wrong decision. I'm curious, like, what are the ones that you look back on and like, if you're willing to share, what are the the decisions you made that did that weren't that when you look back, those were not the best decisions, but what did you learn from them? Like, what was the, what was the gold out of the, the kind of shittiness? Yeah, I think, I think that, um, that you have to look at that in, in sort of two buckets. So you have financial mistakes and then you have like relationship mistakes and Financial mistakes are, are a little easier to correct because you can always go out and make more money or, you know, find another job or, or whatever. And, you know, relationships, you know, those are the decisions and the mistakes that you really, in my mind, you try to avoid. Um, you're, you're much more conscious of those. At least in my mind, I am like, uh, I don't, I don't want, I, I, I would, I would rather lose money over lose a relationship because, relationships are extremely valuable and when they're damaged they're really hard to restore uh to the thing that they originally were and so you know for for me it's it's a little bit um i i had to be and with full transparency i had to be at kind of like a rock bottom point for me to just go all in on you know, I'm going to burn the ships and get fully committed to, I'm going to go work for this guy. I'm going to go move to LA. I don't know anybody there, but this is going to be my run. Like I'm going to start my run here. This is going to be where I blow up and, and I'm going all in on it. I had to get to a point where I had a good job. I was making 200 grand a year at 20 years old, selling advertising in San Diego. When I lived in San Diego, blew all my money uh, out at the clubs every night, you know, like, literally had no bills. I still lived at home with my parents and I was broke all the time, spent every dollar I made. And then I left that job and then ended up on unemployment and then ended up like smoking weed every day and was just like a loser for like three years of my life and um, wasted time, but also put me in a position where like, I know what it's like to have to live sleep on an air mattress for a year because you're broke and you can't afford a bed. Like I've been to that point before. So I know that like there was a lesson there in those mistakes, the, the financial mistake of being stupid with my money. Um, you know, I learned a lesson from that, which was dude, don't be respect money and create a lot of it. Never be, never never rely on the dollar that you made yesterday and, and constantly be looking for that next thing. Um, I've been pretty protective of, of relationships. Like, um, so, so I haven't fortunately made any, uh, significant errors in relationships. You know, I think the biggest mistake you can kind of unknowingly make is keeping people around for too long that don't contribute to the thing that you're trying to do. And they act more, uh, of an anchor than, uh, somebody that can assist. And, uh, and while that may not be like, oh man, I screwed this person over or I lied to them or I cheated on her or whatever. Um, it's one of those that you can kind of, you can kind of accept, you can make sense of in your head, keeping people around too long, but it will, it will, it will demolish, uh, any chance you have at doing anything significant. Thanks for sharing that, that rock bottom piece. I love also that you talked about 
you, you know, when you said I was making $200,000 and I'm living at home with my parents and, and you're at the club every night, I think that's so relatable for a lot of people in their, in their 20s or post-college. Not necessarily how much they were making, the amount is irrelevant, yeah. but like, you know, spending whatever you were making, all of it on this, on, and in the moment, it's not a bad thing, right? I'm sure you had a blast. Like, I'm sure you were having a really good time. Yeah. And, and you get some of that, but at the same time, it like, it's a great lesson. Like, right. It wore out. It's welcome. At a certain point you're, you have no more money. All those experiences are gone. You're not really left with anything. And to your point, you're left with a lesson. When, um, when you found out about, you know, moving from San Diego up to LA to essentially bet on this guy named Grant Cardone, who nobody knew who he was, what was the, actually, let me, I want to change the way I'm thinking about this. So when did you go, oh, there's something big here. Like this is going to become like, when was that moment for you that your eyes got wide and were like, oh, this isn't just a job. Something, this is going to explode. You know, I've always, um, I've always had this kind of like weird, I don't know if it's weird even like, I would hear a song from a band and I'll be like, oh dude, they're going to blow up. Like I know, like, like we'd go to a club or whatever and we'd see a band play and, or a bar or whatever. And, and I'd be like, oh man, dude, they're going to blow up. Or I'd hear a song on, on the radio the first time from somebody that nobody knew. I'm like, that's, that person's going to be a star. Like, like I just, I, I feel like maybe I have a, I'm pretty in tune with like, pop like society and people like in what they need and want and and what they're looking for i just feel like that maybe i, I could be just insane for saying that but but i always felt like i've got a pretty a pretty good read on people and when when uh my dad sent me a youtube video that's how i found grant he had bought some training programs for his business and he sent me a youtube video and i watch i was watching grant this was when he only had i don't know 20 30 videos on his youtube channel uh 10 years ago. I mean, this was social done so much mm -hmm. in 10 years. Um, but I was like, dude, there's something about this guy. He, again, I was coming out of a, a bad spot in life and he reminded me of how I felt when things were going really good. And I was making money when I was 20 before I started making bad decisions. And he reminded me of what that felt like. And he reminded me of like, dude, you were unstoppable and you had confidence and you were like, you were doing all the right things and you were heading in the right direction and you were in a good opportunity and um, stop making excuses. You, you, you've been a little bitch the last five years making a bunch of excuses and reasons oh, I can't do this because of that, or I'm su I suck because of this, or people aren't going to like me, or I, you know, I can't get that, or I'm not qualified for that, or I don't deserve that. Like, you know, when you go into like a little downward spiral, like that stuff, the volume on that stuff in your head goes way up. And I remember this is one video. It was like, boom, it was a complete reset for me. And I'm like, dude, what am I doing? So I got to go work for this guy called the office every day for a month and a half. There were three employees at the time, like knew everybody interviewed the, the office was in his pool house. Now he, this was, he has ended up selling this house for like $18 million. <laughs> um, but it was like a 2000 square foot pool house. And that, that was where the office initially was and got started with three people and just was like, I'm, I'm behind what this guy's doing because it helped me. And I had a personal experience with, 
how the, the impact of, of, of the stuff that he teaches. And then I've had the financial impact of putting it all to work and, you know, and then we just started rolling, man. And, and we work extremely well together and social media blew up and here we are today. <laughs> what, what you were describing with whether it be the band or, or Grant is, you know, I just hear it as like, hey, there's an intuition, you know, and I think you actually, it's, it's kind of cool to hear you speak about it because I wouldn't typically get on a podcast with somebody that does what you do and we get into intuition. Yeah. You know, that would be more of like more of a woo-woo conversation. Uh-huh. And, but I actually believe that it exists everywhere and we're ignoring it too often, right? Like you actually were tapping in. You, you, for whatever reason, had that sense that you would hear yourself say like, oh, this band or this person or whatever, and you actually listened. And there's, there's this, um, I really believe that there's like an inner knowing like there's a thing inside of us that knows don't do that even if we're going to do it. Mm-hmm. And there's a thing inside of us that goes, do that, follow that, follow that person, whatever, you know, the trust this. Mm-hmm. And most of us have decided that we don't listen to it. Right. We listen to like the, our head all the time, that logic conversation. Whereas like you, you know, you see that person like Grant and somebody would like look at it logically and go, well, who is this guy? I don't know who he is. I haven't heard of him. Screw that. You just kind of felt it and went, I got to go with this. It triggered something inside of you. And you said it before too with, you said attaching like purpose to your work essentially gives it meaning and makes it valuable. And as you, it's that same thing, like knowing you felt something inside that's like unexplainable and follow that feeling and trust that feeling. Mm-hmm. If through all these experiences from the bad ones, you know, I shouldn't even, I don't even want to say bad, but from the rock bottom ones when you were in your early twenties to where you are now at like a, a pinnacle of your life, like, you know, at a hopefully not, hopefully not. a pinnacle. Well, well, there's more pinnacles, right? It's like you hit a top of a mountain. There's always a higher mountain. Uh-huh. So it's like, you know I'm saying? Like you're, you're at a peak of your life and there'll be another peak, right? Like, um, I don't, I don't, I definitely don't believe that they, it's like you hit a peak and it's over, right? You can't get healthy enough. You could just keep getting healthier. Mm -hmm. Um, What's the biggest takeaway that you, you said you have two kids. What's the lesson that you want to leave? Like, what's the one, if you could leave them with one lesson, what would it be? (sighs) Such a tough one. Um, You know, I think that, that work ethic is always uh, a safe bet. You know, you can, you can beat out talent with work ethic. Um, you could beat out, um, things that are holding you back. You can beat out adversity that you have to over, like work ethic is, is, is something that it, it just, it wins games. I mean, like I know for me, when I started working for Grant, our business was selling sales training over the phone and I was cold calling. And I remember I was cold calling car dealers and uh, making cold calls to sell training first and foremost is not an easy thing, but trying to sell it to car dealers. um, I mean, it was, it was brutal, but I knew that, that I, that because my skill wasn't at the level it needed to be, that I had to outwork the, the deficiency of skill. And so, you know, I was in LA, I was show up at the office at 6am in the morning, 
to start making calls because people on the East Coast opened at 9 a.m. and I'd work until seven or eight o'clock at night. And then I'd come in and I'd work on Saturdays. And that was my schedule for two years. And I went all in. I'd had, I didn't have a girlfriend. I was like, I, I, like I said, I burned the ships. I went all in. And I just worked my ass off. And, and I believe that, that that work ethic and the ability to lean in like that, um, it, it gets you years ahead of people. You know, if, if, if you're working 40 hour weeks and I'm working 80 hour weeks and your 40 hour weeks make you a multimillionaire at 60, then my 80 hour weeks are going to make me a multimillionaire at 40. And, and so I think that people have to, goes back to decisions and, and the decisions that you make, the choices that you make, uh, in, in my case, they were based off of really big goals and saying, man, I want to be in a position where if I'm 40, I can make a hundred grand a month in passive income and I never have to work again. And, and that's an exciting goal for me. And so I'm going to do more than the average person is going to do with my day and my time to make sure that that happens. And that's why setting goals that are exciting are extremely important. You have to be invested in the thing that you're working for. Otherwise you won't do the work. The goal, the goal for most people isn't big and exciting enough. And that's why, they struggle with engagement and they struggle with motivation and they struggle with uh, inspiration because they can't even get excited about the thing that they want. I love that so much. I don't even want to ask you any more questions. The goal, like your goal isn't big enough is to be the whole theme of this conversation. Um, Jared, I, thanks for being here. Um, yeah. Thanks for taking time out, out of your day. I know, you know, we were just talking about time a second ago, and it's not just, it's not just working eighty hours a week or forty hours a week. It's like, how are you working, right? Like, where are you? What are you actually? Are you at work, but you're on your Instagram the whole time? Or are you actually like plugged in and doing the thing? And I'm present to, for you, it's like even just showing up here. You showed up here you dropped a bunch of like gems and knowledge and, and wisdom and intensity and your, your energy's up. Um, and it's clear, like you bring that to whatever you do. So thanks for, thanks for being here. Thanks for, you know, spending your valuable time that you could be spending anywhere with us, the me and this audience. Um, is there anything that I didn't ask you or anything that you feel like you need to say, or you want to say before we, I mean, you know, I, I, I know, you know, the truth is always the easiest thing to, to tell people. Uh, it's, it's the realest thing. It's the most natural thing. And, and I can just tell uh, the people that are listening to this podcast right now that the thing that made the biggest difference for me and because of the thing that we do, I get to see this at scale with millions of people. The thing that will make the biggest difference in your life and your career and your earning potential is to continue to educate yourself. It's like you go to the gym to, to be fit. Dude, you, if you want to be financially fit, you have to get in the gym and you have to continue to invest in yourself. And so we've got online programs for as little as 27 bucks. We have uh, uh, events that you, know, that you can from 200 bucks to 10,000 bucks. Uh, we have our Cardone Ventures uh, arm of our company. It's a consulting arm. Uh, we can become partners in your company. You know, we, we, we help companies build processes and systems so they can scale their broken businesses, basically. 
Um, so like literally every step of the way along the journey, we have something for you. And uh, I would just encourage you that if it's not us, like invest in something. We have a lot of things, ways we can help you. If you don't like Grant, you don't like me. Like if you take one thing from this, continue to invest in educating yourself because it, it is knowledge is one of the most powerful things to expand your potential. And, um, it, it changed my life forever. And, and I, I hope that, that y'all go out and, and, um, and do the same for yourself. If people want to like find out more about you or, you know, Cardone Capital or any of all these things, like where's the place? Same, same uh, place, one place, different places. Yeah. Instagram, just Jared Glant, uh, at Jared Glant and just DM me or, DM me if you have a question or if you need uh, direction or something like that. And, and I'll, um, I'll be happy to get you connected with something that'll help you out. Yeah. And I will throw all that in the show notes and your name is, is just spelled J A R R O D and then G L A N D T. Correct. Jared, thanks so much, man. Um, I'm just sitting here with like that thought of like, Hey, if you don't want to get out of bed in the morning and you're not excited to go to work and do whatever you're up to, your goal isn't big enough. It's like as simple as that. Have a bigger goal. Have a goal that gets you so excited that you wake up before your alarm clock because you're already thinking about it. I have a, a really good friend, uh, known him since I was in my early 20s. He's a mentor of sorts and completely different field, but he's the, he's the number one game maker in the world. Like he is the Michael Jordan of games, like inventing puzzle games and things. Oh, wow. I remember when I met when I met him, he would talk about how he would wake up at 3 a.m. every day. And I'd be like, what? No alarm clock. Yeah. And I didn't get it back then, but it speaks that he loves, he is obsessed with what he does. It's not about being the best at it. He's just obsessed at what he does for a living and loves it so much that he goes to bed he, and he wakes up because he's so excited to get back into it the next day. Yeah. And I'm not saying it's that easy to find that thing, but that should, that finding that thing should be your goal or choosing that thing. So you can, so we can live like that. Uh, I know I'm always more excited to wake up on podcast days because I'm like, Oh, I get to fuel my mind with, with everything that, you know, whoever is showing up today. So thanks for doing that for me today. Sure. Um, please everyone listening, go check out uh, Jared Glant and thanks for being here. Uh, yeah, my pleasure. We'll see you next time. And we'll see everybody next time on the Dream Mason podcast. And uh, reach out to Jared, reach out to me. And uh, yeah, have a great week. Have a great month. Take care of yourselves. Thanks for listening. Honestly, I'm just a rebel who found a cause and has a dream. And I'm super grateful for your support. If you got anything from this, please help me out and share this podcast with one person today. You can find me at thedreammason.com or at inspirationalalex on Instagram. You are a dream mason because your dreams don't build themselves.